Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Welcome back to another Reading Bug author interview. We're super busy writing a whole new season of music and adventures for you and expect to have some new adventures to share later this spring. I hope you're going back and listening to your favorite adventures while we're on our break. But today, and for the next few weeks, I wanted to introduce you to a few of our favorite authors and illustrators. Today's author visit is brought to you by Reading Bug Box, our perfectly personalized subscription box service. Every box includes a unique selection of books and extras that are unique to each child's age and interests. Visit us at readingbugbox.com and be sure to let us know upon sign-up that you're a podcast fan. The Reading Bug and I will be sure to write a special note in your first box. That's right! You can also learn about us and our independent bookstore in California by visiting thereadingbug.com. Today, The Reading Bug and I are excited to present Caldecott and Newberry winner Kevin Hankey's Reading Bug, I know Kevin is one of your favorite authors. Yes, yes, yes! I love Lily's purple plastic purse, Owen, Julius Baby of the World. Reading Bug, I know you're excited, so let's get started, because here he comes now. It's time for a Reading Bug author visit. Hello, everyone. I am thrilled to be here today with Caldecott-winning author Kevin Hankies. Kevin is the author of so many favorite children's books, such as Chester's Way, Lily's Purple Plastic Purse, Wemberly Worried, Chrysanthemum, just to name a few. And he's here today to talk about those books, as well as his latest in his Penny series, Penny and Her Sled. Kevin, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're excited to have you back at the Reading Bug for the second time. You were here a number of years ago with, I think it was with Waiting. Um, that could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and now with Penny and Her Sled, um, another favorite series of ours. So before we get into all the books, actually, let's just go back to the very beginning. And if you can tell us a little bit about, uh, have, did you always want to be an author or an illustrator? I always wanted to be an artist, and I cannot remember a time when I did not love to draw. And my mother started saving drawings of mine, starting from when I was about two. So there must have been something even then that made her think there's something about this kid or what he's doing that's interesting. And it's interesting because sometimes kids will ask me, when did you decide to become an artist? And I don't remember 
ever deciding. I just think if it's possible, I was born an artist. Mm -hmm. And the writing part came later. I always loved books. So that was always part of it. But I was a junior in high school when I had a teacher who really encouraged my writing and went so far as to say, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a book with your name on it one day. And that was really powerful for me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I was a junior in high school. I was thinking about college or, you know, life beyond high school. And I thought it would be really great if I could do a job where I could draw and paint and write, because this teacher told me I was good at writing, um, in the same art form. And that's when it really struck me that picture books, creating picture books would be the perfect job for me. Mm. So you're the author and the illustrator of your books, which of course is not always the case. There's often two different people working on on a book together. Right. Um, and your books often tell a story as much through the pictures most of the time as they do with the words. So what comes first for you, the words or the pictures? The words always come first. And I always want to get to wor the words to the place where I think that they're perfect. But what happens is then when I'm working on the dummy or the sketches for the art, after the words are perfect, I'll find that I don't necessarily need all my words anymore because something might be in the pictures now and it's redundant to have it in both. And, and the best example I have is when I wrote the first draft of Chester's Way, I described Lily wearing a crown and boots and a cape. And I realized that that initial illustration of her when she moved into the neighborhood was so much more powerful without that in the words. It was just, and then Lily moved into the neighborhood and there she was. And having it in the picture um, just seemed to carry more weight actually than had it been in the words and the pictures together. Mm-hmm. So when you go into um, the editing process for your books, do you do you draw or paint as more pictures than actually end up in the books? Um, I think what usually happens is I get the I, I do many drafts of a picture book text, and a lot of it toward the end is getting rid of more than anything else. And with the sketches, it's often just redrawing it to try to get what I see in my head on paper. And that doesn't always work right away. Sometimes it takes three or four or five mm -hmm. tries. And every now and then, as I'm working through, then maybe going through and doing all the finished artwork, I'll have it a, a, a great, or what I think is a great idea about how something could be better if I did it differently or showed it um, perhaps in a different way from a different angle. And then I'll redo it. What is your favorite medium to work in? You paint, do you paint, do you, I guess when you were a toddler, you probably used crayons. Sure. <laughs> and then where um, did you go? <laughs> well, well it, it's interesting because I could answer that different ways. Um, if I'm thinking about what I like to use for the finished art for a book, I would say ink mm -hmm. and a brush. I'm, lately, I'm really liking brush. Um, my mouse books, I use a crow quill pen and it's very thin and I dip it into my bottle of ink and I scratch, 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 scratch for hours. But in a book like A Parade of Elephants or Waiting or Kitten's First Full Moon, I used ink with a brush mm -hmm. and a brush is thicker and quicker. And I, for some reason, I, I like it. But, but my very favorite thing to draw with is pencil because I feel that I am perhaps more free using a pencil. Mm -hmm. um, by the time I'm 
doing the finished art, I get sort of tense and it's ink and I can't make mistakes. And But with a pencil, you know, you can erase it. And I feel like that's what I would probably love best. Do you get ink all over your hands? I don't get it all over my hands, but I do get it on my <laughs> hands. I do get it on my hands. What does one use to get ink off hands? Um, time works quite well. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I scrub them, but, you know, it's, it's still there. I just think of the kids coming home with paint all yeah. over their hands and all over their yeah. clothes, yeah. and at least it's not ink. But <laughs> I can prove that I've worked that day. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So all um all of your, a lot of your books feature these adorable mice and your latest Penny and Her Sled of course Penny is a mouse why uh, why mice where did you start with mice Well the first four books that I did had humans as the characters and they were fairly realistically rendered my fifth book I think I'm getting this right um, was Bailey goes camping and what started happening was my texts started becoming more humorous. And I thought I could better tap the humor in the text by doing animals and drawing more loosely. With Bailey Goes Camping, I decided to do rabbits for some reason. I think I thought I could show a lot of emotion in how the ears were drawn. Mm. Um, the book after that was A Weekend with Wendell. And I wanted to do animals again. I should, I should go back a bit and just say, I do think of them as humans. I mean, I think of them as children, even though they you know, have ears. Mm -hmm. that are furry and tails. Um, so with Wendell, I wanted to do animals again. I wanted to try something other than rabbits. And I remember doing sketches of several different things. I remember doing an elephant. I think I may have done a cat. Um, I did a mouse. And I liked my mouse sketch, so I just did it. And I had a great time with A Weekend with Wendell. So I wrote Wendell into my next book, which was Sheila Ray the Brave. He has a cameo appearance. And I had more fun with Sheila Ray the Brave than I had had with Wendell. And so I just kept doing it. But it wasn't really a conscious decision. I mean, I didn't really think, oh, I am going to do, you know, dozens of books with, with mice. mice. <laughs> um, and I don't have any particular fondness for real mice. No, um, yes. Yeah. Mice with clothes. Yes. Real mice but, can be scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's that's really interesting. All And all of the mice have these real true traits of people. And, of course, that's yes, why you I hope so. treat yeah. them like yeah. they are actual children. And so I'd like to play a quick little game with the reading okay. bug right now. And the reading bug, I know, knows all of your characters and has read all of your books multiple times. So I'd be willing to bet that she knows every single one of these. Okay. So if you would just yell out a character and reading bug, I'm going to have you answer with their most special superpower trait. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Chester. Reliable. Chrysanthemum. Sensitive. Lily. Exuberant. Owen. Centered. Sheila Ray. Brave. Wendell. Clever. Sophie. Tenacious. Wemberly. Thoughtful. Penny. Hmm. I think creative. What do you think, Kevin? Oh, I, I think when I think of Penny, I think patient. I think adaptable. I think imaginative, um, self-reliant. That's a lot. Yeah. I, I like her. <laughs> and that's why I think there's a whole series, right? I mean, she works in all sorts of different ways. Um, and and we'll, we're almost to those books, I promise. But I still have a couple more questions. What, For example, which of all of your characters do you relate to most? Well, I am a big worrier. 
So I have a very special place in my heart for Wemberly. Um, and I, I identify with Owen too. I think that he's quiet and thoughtful. Um, and he's sort of tenacious in a certain way. I mean, he, he, he works through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wish I were more like Lily, but alas, I'm not. I think the reading bug is a lot like Lily. Reading bug, if you had to choose someone, who would you choose to say that you're the most like? Oh, I think I relate to so many. But if I had to choose three, I'd say Lily, Sheila Ray, and Penny. So I also noticed um, in, in all of your books, you have many role models um, for your main characters. And I'm wondering if any of these characters come from your real life or your childhood. Well, I think um, there are several teachers that play roles, particularly in the in the picture books. And I like to think of them as being sort of a combination of different teachers that I had when I was a kid and some teachers that my own children have had. And I kind of put them all together. Um, Created one perfect teacher. Yeah, a perfect (laughs) teacher. I love Mrs. Twinkle. I love Mr. Slinger. Um, Yeah, I think they're a combination. But I did have some really incredible teachers. Yes. 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 Lily in the Purple Plastic Purse. So what, um, before we get to your latest book, um, one more book that I want to talk about before we get to, to Penny and Her Sled. Um, I always loved uh, Kitten's First Full Moon, which is the Caldecott winner. And it's all in black and white. Yes. And I read it at story time all the time at the Reading Bug. And the kids love it. And they're always pointing to the things. Oh, no, it's a saucer. It's, it's a, <laughs> no, it's the moon. And so much fun to read with them. Um, so how did you choose Black and White? And how did this book come about so differently than, than some of the rest of yours? Well, I always, for, for years, I'd wanted to do a book in Black and White. I just love the way Black and White can look. But it never, never worked out. And I remember my son was young. He's now 24. Um, but he was a baby, and we had lots of board books in our house and lots of really young concept books. And I remember thinking that I wanted to do a really young concept book, very simple. And I thought I would do it about circles. And so every double spread was going to be about a circle, and the circle would be something from everyday life. And so I would just write one sentence for every double-page spread and do an image. And it didn't work. I didn't even like it enough to send it to my editor, but I stuck it away. But there was one sentence that I loved. And the one sentence was, the cat thought the moon was a bowl of milk. And it just stuck with me. And I thought, well, okay, I love this sentence. So do I love it enough to spend more time on it and try to make it into a book? And I tried and I did. And then this was just in the writing phase. But I thought, maybe this is the book that I can finally do black and white and it would really work. And I imagined, you know, a night sky, a moon, milk, I could have a white cat. Um, It just made sense in a way that nothing before ever had. And I started doing sketches and I thought, yes, this is, this is the one, this is my chance to do this. Um, And so everything sort of fell together. But again, in that mysterious way that often is the case with books, I didn't just set out to do this black and white book about a cat and the moon. It really just happened kind of organically. Mm -hmm. Um, And did you realize that you would be teaching 
empathy to children in the way it did with with the poor kitten when he gets wet and he jumps into the pond and he's searching for his bowl of milk. It was it's amazing to me what the kids relate to when I they're love listening hearing to it. that. No, it was just often with a with a young picture book. I really love repetition, mm-hmm. um, and I really did see this as a book that would be really good to use um, in a really young story hour or with a young child on a guardian or caregiver's lap, just asking for a response in a certain way or, or trying to get a response from the child. And then so that poor kitten, when I wrote it the first time, I just thought, well, that would be a really good line to repeat. Um, and then at the end, when it switches to lucky kitten, I mean, again, I didn't plan it. It just happened, but it seemed mm-hmm. perfect. Well, you should hear the cheers in here <laughs> at the end when the kitten gets her bowl of milk on the patio. They're all saying, yay! Yeah. <laughs> it's lots of fun. So, all right. Now, we really have to get on to Penny and Her Sled and the Penny series for beginning readers because that's what we're really here to talk about today. Um, so you had Penny and Her Marble and Penny and Her Song and Penny and Her Doll and now Penny and Her Sled. Great. And this is such a neat beginning reader series. How did you des- – did you decide before – writing the story that that's what this would be is one of those uh, uh, stories for kids just no. to read. It was my editor, Virginia Duncan had suggested that I try writing a book for beginning readers. And I loved beginning readers. I loved them before I had children. I loved them when my children were reading them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a little bit of a bias against them in the book world. Um, I think people think picture books are sort of grand or can be, and that novels are important. But I think a really great book for a beginning reader can be just as grand and important. Mm -hmm. When I think of Little Bear by Elsa Holman Minerick and Maurice Sendak, I think of Frog and Toad, Arnold Lobel's Uncle Elephant and Owl at Home, two others that just, I I think, are extraordinary. Um, Cynthia Ryland's Henry and Mudge. Mm -hmm. It's short, but the familial love that is contained within the covers of that book is palpable. So I wanted to do it. So I wrote Penny and Her Song, and my editor read it and said they would like, the publisher wanted to give me a three-book contract. And I'd never done that before. It felt odd and just not right to me. So the only way I would do it would be is if I could write, I wanted to write three the three books before I took a contract, which I did. I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. And then I had all these books to illustrate. But but I think the good thing about writing them was um, the first one has two chapters. The second one has three. The third one has four. And now Penny and Her Sled has five. Oh. So they, they grow. And they also grow in terms of the time span. The first one is one afternoon and the next morning. And the second one, each one gets a little bit larger. Mm-hmm. They also enlarge in terms of the time um, where where Penny is in in her world. The first one is in the house, and then it's in the yard, then it's farther in the neighborhood, and even farther in the neighborhood. So each one has grown from the one before, um, and that's been nice for me. That's been kind of fun. That's very special, actually, for the beginning readers. I mean, because some of them just kind of stay on that. Right. Same level. If it's a level one, it's a level one. If it's a level, and I, you know, sometimes I don't even know what those levels and mean. And I don't either. And yeah. I don't pay yeah. attention to that. But that's an actual, there's an actual track for those. And mm-hmm. I think that's nice to be able to read one after the other like that. Yeah. Great. So you are visiting kids all around the country with Penny and Her Sled. Um, and you've been doing this for years with all of your books. And I'm sure you've gotten 
tons of questions from kids in the audience. Do you have any favorite questions that you've had? Well, I'm, I'm sometimes amazed at some of the, the questions. I think because kids really notice things. I mean, so every now and then someone will say, why is Lily wearing like a particular dress, like a particular color in this picture, but she wasn't wearing it. In oh. And so like things like that are really interesting. <laughs> um, kids will ask what I like to do more, write or draw. Um, they will often ask um, if my ideas, where do I get my ideas? Do I know someone like Lily? Do I know someone, you know, like Wemberly? And, and that's fun to talk about. That leads me to then talk about how writers are observers. And often what is in my book is something that I've observed in my everyday life that is available to anyone. Um, and I try to let them know that you know, even if they're young and they want to write, that that is something that, you know, is within their their reach. Mm -hmm. um, and someone asked me if I, just recently, like, did I feel sorry for Penny because I never showed her with, um, I never showed her at school. I talked about school, like her walking to school, oh. but I never showed her at school. And and did she have friends at school and they were worried about her? Wow. <laughs> and I assured them that I was not worried about her at all. And then I talked about how, a little bit about how I really tried to keep it focused at home. Yeah. And, and that's the scope of it now. But who knows if there are more penny stories that, that was could just, just that grow. One story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so neat that they think further than they maybe think yeah, even, even just, further than you did. It's not just, yeah. you know, what did you have for lunch today? Or Right. Yeah. But those questions are fun too, which they leads are me to my really fun. yes, my next set of questions. Are you ready for these? Sure. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite food? Pasta with some delicious sauce on it. Oh, that sounds very good. Many authors lately have been saying ice cream, but pasta is a very good I one. Like it would be pasta. I I heard something today that uh, out here in California, you had a very first. To, uh, at a special restaurant. Can you tell, us, tell us all about that. I, w I had an In-N-Out burger today for the first time in my life. I'd heard about them for years, but I never had one, and I had one. How was that experience? Pretty extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> and I even got a special sticker from the person who waited on me because it was my first trip to In-N-Out Burger. Oh. So I felt like, you know, someone who's flown for the first time and gets a pair of wings, I have my... In and Out sticker I love that it. I can proudly wear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, In and Out Burger. <laughs> and what um, if you? Oh, what is your favorite book that you have ever read? Children's book. Oh, gosh. I know that's probably hard. I, I can I name a few? Yes. Um, is this you by Ruth Krauss with pictures by Crockett Johnson, her husband? My probably was my favorite book when I was a kid. Um, the Carrot Seed. Um, Rain Makes Applesauce by Julian Shear with pictures by Marvin Bielek. Um I loved anything that Garth Williams illustrated when I was a boy. And then when I began reading longer books, I would often read books that he had illustrated just to, to get his art. Um, so those are some of the books that... Do you have a very favorite artist besides you? Illustrator or... Oh, that's a very good question. Let's let's do both. How okay. about artist and then illustrator? Um, I like an artist named um, Albert York. Very moody, 
small oil paintings. Love them. Um, Mirandi's still lives, I think, are beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so those, those would be two that come to mind just nice. off the top of my head. And any favorite illustrator? Oh, I, I love um, James Marshall, Arnold Lobel, Crockett Johnson. Yeah. Those are some that yeah. come to I can mind. see a lot of that, actually, in, in, in your work. Um, just, just kind of inspiration yeah, from... I, I, I yeah. hope I fall into that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So if you had one bit of advice for an aspiring author or artist, um, what would that be? I would say to read a lot. I think reading is the best way to learn how to write. Mm -hmm. And the other advice I would say is to write as much as possible, draw and paint as much as possible, and not worry about making a masterpiece. I think when I was young, I always thought anytime I took a pencil to paper, it had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to just have a good time. Well, you can buy Penny and Her Sled and all of Kevin's wonderful titles at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. And for a limited time, The Reading Bug may have signed copies uh, while supplies last of Penny and Her Sled and maybe some of those other titles. We'll see what happens this afternoon at our very exciting special author visit with you here at the store. Um, but I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And You're welcome. Thank we you for inviting me. Soon. Okay. Thanks. Me too. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Goodbye. When you're a reader, you're a leader You're ready to learn about everything As you grow, you'll show this world That you can be anything You could write a book or fly a plane Build a house with a giant crane Whatever you do, one thing will be true There's nothing you can't do You can see it through Just by being you Thanks for listening to our Reading Bug author visit series. We'll be back with all new story adventures later this spring. So be sure to submit your story ideas to us at talkback at readingbugadventures.com. The Reading Bug is a family-owned independent bookstore in California. We are passionate about engaging, entertaining, and educating children with an emphasis on creating personal connections with kids. Please consider supporting us and our podcast by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Shop for millions of books at thereadingbug.com or subscribe to readingbugbox.com for perfectly personalized books delivered to your doorstep every month. Thanks for listening. Friends, are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? 
We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.